This is the Hitting the Ice Podcast. I'm Jonah. I'm Nathan. And as always, brought to you by us. Today we will be continuing our bonus series, Ranking the Ice, where we will be ranking the top left wings in the NHL, 31 to 16. Now notice, I 16, and that's because we will be doing... 15 to 1 on Sunday, and we've already done goalies, right wings, left wing centers. So I'd recommend you listen to those first. It's total of eight episodes. I just explained how we split it up. And we might make references to past episodes, so I'd check that out first. And I'd like to take this opportunity to say stay safe, don't touch your face, wash your hands, social distance. We will get through this. Yeah, so first of all, if there was any confusion, Jonah, I believe you misspoke when you said that we'll be ranking left wings. We're actually right ranking left defensemen today. Yes, that's what I meant. And yeah, I mean, we're two-thirds of the way done, and we're hoping that's- this is bringing enjoyment to our fans, so that's why we keep doing it. I mean, and for ourselves, but... I mean, we've already teased season three coming out on the Wednesday, the not the fall, not next week, but the following Wednesday, so two weeks, and then the following Sunday is playoffs. Three weeks from now is uh, draft projections and mock drafts, and then the Sunday of that is draft uh, draft lottery reactions, and then a new mock draft. But it's crazy to think that we have four more episodes left, including this one, till season three. Season two has flown by so fast, at least in my eyes. I mean, yeah, I say we get right into it. I mean, like, it may be because we did 12 episodes in a month and a half for season two, but besides the point, I'm going to kick it off. And I I believe it's Brendan Smith. I will check that. Of the... New York Rangers. Now, the Rangers were never looked to be a great team. You know, they had the second pick. They got Capacaco. And I think by making the 2014 playoffs and just, they've exceeded expectations. Now, I don't think they were trying to compete. They were tanking. They're in the mix of, like, Chicago, Minnesota, where they're trying to win with a bad roster, saying either let's win the cup, or let's get a pick. And they're in the middle. So I think it's fine that he's at 31, but moving forward, if they want to contend, they they should look to get a replacement. Yeah, well said. I'd just like to point something out. The Rangers do have Jacob Truba. And he plays right defense, if I'm not mistaken. You are not. So, to me, New York... Not only true, but they have some other good right defensemen. New York, the New York Rangers are one of the only teams in the NHL whose right defense is better than their left defense. Yeah. Now, let's just take the Leafs. Random example. Actually, not so random, but random enough. On the left, you've got guys like Jake Muzzin. You've got Morgan Riley. Morgan Riley. You've got Travis Dermott. Whereas on the right, you have Tyson Berry, Justin Hall, and... Marinson. Yeah, that's pretty much it, yeah. So, I would just like to point that out. Also, most people would agree that right D is probably the weakest position. 
But sorry to cut you off, but not gonna lie, Lefty is the defense, and I'm just gonna say this a little tease because I kind of like teasing a bit. We will get into this more in a later podcast. It probably will be the pre-lottery projections. But me and Nathan had this interesting conversation where we were talking about offensive defensemen, defensive offensemen, and offensemen and defensemen overall. And we we got into a little bit of bit of a debate over what teams value if you go for personal need or you just go for like, you know, best available. So I won't spoil the entire thing. But I would like to point out that you know a lot more offensive names than defensive. And again, we'll get to that. So just wait three wait three weeks. But I thought I was just wanted to point out that this position, like you said about right D, it's not like left defensemen are bet they are better but it's not like one is so much more dominant than the other. Maybe on some teams, but I think Petrangelo is better than Pareko. Like, you know what I mean? So I just wanted to point out that just because we say a player isn't as good doesn't mean them or their team isn't good at all. Yeah. Like, this is just our opinion. Yeah, we apologize if your favorite player or player from your favorite team is not on our list. Anyway... Uh, at 31, I have Tobias Bjornfoot of the LA Kings. He had a not like, above average season, but like for a team that has that's as bad as the Kings were and don't have much talent on their team, I think he put up decent numbers. Now I feel like if he got to play on a better team that like got a bye, for example, in the 2014 playoff format, which we'll talk about in a later episode. I think he could do pretty well, you know, as a second-pair guy, maybe kill some penalties. So, unfortunately, he is dead last, but I feel like if he's on a better team, he would not be dead last. Yeah, and we we kind of lost you for part of it, so I'm very sorry if something happened. My phone's on silent, but I got some type of notification. I'm going to go check that out. No, it was just a random call. So that's weird because I'm on. But I'm so sorry if the listeners didn't catch what Nathan said. Um, do you want to just repeat parts of it? Yeah. I... Basically, Yornfoot, he's decent. He had a decent season. But if he was were to play on a better team, I, I think he would be way better. Like maybe like, you know, a 20, 21, 22 type left defenseman. Yeah, well said. For me at number 30, I have Letty of the, what's it called? The New York Islanders. That's it. That's it. And for me, it comes down to, he's not above average or average. I feel like he's below average. You know, maybe in a few years, he will be average or above average. But just not right now. Can I say he's average? And it's interesting that the two New York teams are at the bottom, but way more interesting for me that these two teams are in good spots. Like, they're in the playoffs. It's not like they're completely terrible. Like, the teams aren't completely terrible. So it's really interesting how 
Some teams are led on their offense and others are led on their defense. Again, wait three weeks. I love teasing it. So who do you have at number 30? At number 30, I have Ryan Lindgren of the New York Rangers. Now, I know you had Jacob Larson, but I just feel Ryan Lindgren is younger, and I think he will – I think he's higher potential. So I think he may end up being better. But that's just my guess. And I just feel like – Look, the Rangers didn't have many good left defensemen, as I said earlier, but I think he's got a solid, solid career ahead of him, and I think he knows what he's doing out on the ice. Yeah, I I think you misspoke a bit. You said Jacob Larson. Yeah, isn't that who you had? For the Rangers? Sorry, who'd you have then for the Rangers? Smith. Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, don't, no worries. For me, at number 29, I have Uyghur of the Florida Panthers. Now, look, Uyghur to me, again, I feel like Florida was in a very similar spot, you know, as the Rangers. They're trying to get younger and win. He's 26, so he's almost in his prime. So I think he can be a solid second or third defenseman. I think he's a very solid second or third defenseman. But just not right now. It's too soon. Yeah, sounds legit to me. Well said. At 29, I have Adam Pellich of the New York Islanders, I believe. Yeah. Um, I chose him over Nick Letty simply because I think he's more of like a, you know, he... In my eyes, he's always looking for the open man. He's a team player a little bit more so than Luddy. So, and he also put up more assists and points. Yeah. And he was played a lot, and he didn't play that bad. So, I don't really – I don't actually know what his age is. I think he's in his, like, later 20s. He's decent for me. Not He's, like, average, you know, average. Yeah. For Nia, for me – I just said for me. For me at number 28, I have Danny DeKeyser. DeKeyser? Correct. Write a review. Correct me, please. But I probably mispronounced. But Detroit, they're trying. I almost feel like they're trying to lose. They need Lafreniere. So I think it's fine that he's this low, but especially during their rebuilding stage. So... I mean, if we were doing convenience with the team, I think that's why he probably could be on some of your list at 31. But I think it's just kind of convenient with the team. You know, he's not that good. The team's not that good. It's not like a situation where you're going to see, like, Washington, who got a bye, has someone at, like, 25 for me. So that's pretty inconvenient, obviously, because they're trying to win, like how – Smith and Letty, their teams are both trying to make the playoffs. They're both contending. So due to the fact that he kind of fits his team, I showed him a bit of mercy. Yeah, sounds fair. Funny enough, I have him at 28 as well. I we, think he's asked Danny DeKaiser, but I'm not sure. Can write a review, write a comment, whatever. I apologize if I spelled that wrong. I mean, pronounced that wrong, sorry. But... He's never stood out to me. 
And I have him over guys like Pellich Lindgren and Bjornfoot. Because even before Detroit's rebuild, he still played a part in that team. You know, he's been there for a while. And I think he found his home there, even though they're not very good. And I think he's, like, getting older. He's, like, now a veteran-type player who can be there for a rebuild and just put up. He is 30. It's right across. Yeah, and, and just play, like, okay. You know, depending on how bad Detroit is, and I doubt this will happen just based off how long it took the Leafs. But he could retire as a Red Wing. And I say he might because if the team gets good, I can't see them, like, keeping him around. I don't know how much he's making, but it's unnecessary money regardless unless he's making, like, league minimum or, like, one or two mil. So, depending on how bad Detroit is in the few years, if he retires early at, like, 36, I know that's early, but that would be nice. Um, at number 27, it's almost the same story as DeCassia. I I'm just, you kn- the guy we named before. I'm just going to call him that. And that's Ben Hutton of the LA Kings. I mean, the Kings had one of the strongest defenses. And I feel like during the rebuild, they're like, nope, we don't need you anymore. We're trying to suck. We're trying to get Lafreniere. So again, I showed a bit of mercy on him. It's almost, it's basically the same story. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. At 27, I have Cam Fowler of the Anaheim Ducks. I think it was like 2017 and 2018. He put up very, very, very good seasons. And he completely fell off a cliff to the maximum. I would have loved to put him like 22, 23, 24. But I just couldn't. And... I think he's due for maybe another breakout season, which might happen soon. Anaheim was decent this year, and I think he can help them go deep into the playoffs. Yeah, well said. Now, I also have Fowler, but look. I was debating over putting Jacob Larson, but I ended up putting Jacob Larson at a different position. So that's kind of why. But for me, it comes down to he was so good. I was really, I'm telling you, I wanted to put him higher. But I couldn't because my, if you have stuck around to this podcast for a while, you know my favorite thing is consistency and my least favorite thing is inconsistency. He defines inconsistency to me. So he's at 26. You know, you search up consistency in a dictionary, you should see a picture of Kim Fowler's face. And again, I was I'm just kidding, like we're not we're not like throwing shade, like we're just kidding. Yeah. Um at twenty six I have Ryan Greaves. I don't know if he still has this, but at one point in the season, he was first in plus minus. In the entire NHL. That's a big deal. Yeah. Colorado was just scoring a ton of goals. And even when they lost, they were scoring a ton of goals. And Ryan Graves played a lot of minutes. Probably their best left defenseman. And he had a breakout season. And he was just very, very good for me. 
Yeah, well said. And you're going to see I have him higher on my list. He is only 25, and I feel like he can break him and, like, kill McCarr. This could be a very good-looking Colorado defense in a few years. So I have him a bit higher on my list. Now, for me, at 25, I have Dylan, Dylan, I don't really know how you pronounce it, of the Washington Capitals. And I said... Kind of inconvenient that he's here, but really, I feel like Washington is base, is really offensive heavy. And I feel like they're more, you know, there are two mindsets I think you can have. You either score every single, every play needs to be a goal, every play needs to be a goal, or every play for the other team won't be a goal. It's kind of like, do you rather score the most goals or give up the least goals? And I think they chose score the most goals. And, I mean, he kind of fits, but I think if they want to be a cup contender like they were a few years ago, they need some better defense. Yeah, at 25, I have Will Butcher uh, of the New Jersey Devils. For me, he just had a terrible, terrible season. And obviously, New Jersey was no good this year. But having a guy like Butcher who's supposed to do things for you, doing nothing, does not help at all. Yeah. For me, at number 24, funny enough, I have another player kind of from that Washington that Washington division, and that's Pittsburgh's own DeMullen, I think it's pronounced. Now, I'm going to be honest, I, sh- I was shocked when Philly got the buy over them. In fact, I actually thought Philly was the five seed and Pittsburgh got the bye until I actually looked at it. But really, I think this is why they missed, you know, that bye. What they need if they want the bye is not only this defense, and this is what good teams have. They have little players coming through in the clutch. I know you love clutch. I know you love hunger to win. And I think, you know, they acquired Jason Zucker, so that's good. Not saying that he's little or anything. I'm just saying that that was a good acquisition. But if the team really wanted or wants that buy, they need the small players to clutch up. And I feel like if Jamalin clutches up, he will be higher on our list. Or on my list. Yeah, at 24, I have Victor Mete of the Montreal Canadiens. I might get heated for this one because I feel like most people wouldn't have him on their rankings, but I really do like him. Yeah. I'm not sure if he played with Shea Weber, but he is really, really, really good as a rookie. I don't think he played that much this year, but I think we're going to see great uh, great things to come from Victor Mete. Yeah, and for me at number 23, I have New Jersey's own, Mueller or Muller. And basically, they were supposed to, New Jersey, and this is kind of what I think all their players are. Because literally every single New Jersey player has this trait. They were supposed to be good, and they fell off a cliff. Look at, like, most New Jersey players. P.K. Subban didn't really do that much. Jack Hughes, who? I told, I, I, I thought he was going to be a bust. Nico Heischer, I took him, like, I took him third round in the fantasy, and it bit me. Taylor Hall took him second round in fantasy, it bit me. Like, Wade, 
Wayne or Wade Simmons. They traded him because he wasn't doing it. it. It's just a constant thing. I don't know if it's the coaching. I don't know if it's one player in particular. But it's almost like the curse. Whoever goes there immediately doesn't do well. I, I kind of had that for, like, baseball, if you want to cross-reference. I kind of had that persona as a Red Sox because, like, Hanley Ramirez went there and then he sucked and, like, a bunch of other – Travis Shaw – you look at basketball and you see that in some teams, you see that in football. And I feel like New Jersey is the curse of the NHL. And all the players that were supposed to do well just aren't. And I feel like that's Mueller's thing, too. You know, he's supposed to be their top left defense, and he just can't produce. It's the New Jersey curse. Yeah. So at 23, I have Ryan Suter of the Minnesota Wild. He plays – he's a defense-first guy. He plays all the defense he can, and I like that. So I raised him higher, and he's had a great career. And I just think he's very, very solid, above average even. Yeah, well said. Now, for me at 22, I'm sorry if I completely butchered this name. It's Chirot. You you taught me how to pronounce it, but I just can't. Of Montreal. So I'm just going to call him like Montreal's. I'm whatever. So Chirot, or again, you can roast me, write a review, tell me how bad I am at pronouncing names. But, you know, I feel like he's had a. He's mad. He really is. I mean, I feel like if we're talking, you know, he's not the worst. He's not the best. He's 29, so right at the end of his prime. He's had a decent career, but he, it's, this is like the final, final year of his prime. In my opinion, it's like 27 to 29 is your NHL prime, and he's 29. So I'm afraid he's going to fall off a cliff real fast. So he's at 22. Mm-hmm. At 22, I have Darnell Nurse of Edmonton. Look, we obviously look at Edmonton's forwards, and they're amazing. No one can disagree. But I think Darnell is a bit of a backbone there. He He's just really, really good for me, if you know what I'm saying. I just like the way he plays, so I have him. At, where do I have him? 22. Yeah. For me, at 21, I have Morrissey of Winnipeg. Now, I, we always talk about a friend that's a Jets fan, but I feel like this is an underrated player. This is a player that I feel like his name doesn't come up enough, but I think he's really kind of like Ryan Graves in a way. I feel like, you know, like I said, he's not that talked about, but he, but, you know, he should be. Because not only is he Winnipeg's best, he's only 25. So he can really, you know, break out. He's not at his prime yet. If you look, Ryan Graves, Ryan Graves is a very similar age. He's also 25. So I feel like, you know, they're almost not the same player, but they're very similar, and I like them both. Yeah, I mean, I get that. At um, 21, I have Shea Theodore of Vegas. 
another defense first guy, just like Ryan Suter. And I think he goes really well with the offense Vegas has, like William Carlson and Max Pacioretty and Mark Stone. And I just think they fit well together. So he just is out of my top 20, unfortunately. But he's close. Yeah. And funny enough, at 20, I have Ryan Graves. Because I'm, t- I'm telling you, I wanted to put them both in my top 20. But I had to make a choice. I chose Graves simply because I think he plays better. With, I think, you know, him and Kale McCarr. I mean, I like Kale McCarr better than Winnipeg's other defensemen. But basically, Graves plays with this energy that I can't deny. He's exciting to watch. I, I know that these two players, they both are exciting. They both have energy. They both are going to be good in a few years. They would make already good seconds and thirds and a decent first. So I think those two, watch out for them. You heard it here first, folks. At 20, I have Dimitri Orlov of Washington. When Washington won the Cup, he played a big role in my eyes. And I think he deserves credit for that. So I keep thinking that he's underrated, which he probably is. He can do it all. Uh, Power play, penalty kill, shoot, pass, defend, you know. And I really like him. You know, like one of those players. Yeah, well said. And I like how you respected his career because I've done that on the other episodes. And I really do think the careers need to be taken into account for. But regardless of their careers, for me, I number 19 and 18. I have two ex-leaks. Let's start with 19. I have Zaitsev of the Ottawa Senators. Now, Zaitsev could have been a first-liner. He just, it was too busy with Muzzin, Riley. They ended up acquiring Barry, Dermott. There was just no space for him, so they shipped him off to clear some cash. And I think Ottawa, a developing team, he's a good first. Maybe he's not a first-liner, but on Ottawa, he can be, and I like him there. Yeah, that makes sense. Well said. At 19, I have Brian Dumoulin of the Pittsburgh Penguins. I hope I said his name right. Sorry if I didn't. Um... He's been there a while, if I'm not mistaken. I know Chris Letang is right-handed. Yeah. And I consider him more of an offensive guy. And I'm not going to lie, a couple years ago, I thought he was a forward based on how much offense he was playing. But he's not playing as much offense anymore. But he still is offensive. I'm not saying that's bad. It just is. That's what it is. And I like his skill. I like the way he plays. Doesn't take too many penalties. And that's why I have him at 19. Yeah, so for me at 18, the other ex-leaf is Jake Gardner. Now, what's really funny to me is in NHL 19, I simmed an entire, well, back when we were allowed to see each other, you know, you, we came over and we did a Leafs franchise and we just didn't have the money for him, so we let him walk. And we waited the entire offseason. He was one of the only good RFAs to not get signed. And now whenever I, like, hear his name or think of him, I kind of chuckled, like, how nobody wanted him. But obviously Carolina wanted him, or he wanted Carolina. It depends on which way it went. But, you know, I think he shoots a bit too much. If he focused more on defense, 
he is a defenseman, and there's nothing wrong with being an offensive defenseman. Heck, most of the good players, and again, wait three weeks, are offensive defensemen. And I say wait three weeks because three weeks there's going to be a podcast which topic is kind of like, which is basically this in the projections. But basically, you're either, you know, it also comes down to when the Leafs played the Bruins. He kind of slacked. He took more shots. He didn't really defend. And the Bruins are a team that can beat you in both ways. And that's why I think they are going to win the, you know, 2014 Cup. Again, more if the Leafs don't. Again, more on that in two weeks Sunday. I, I love just sprinkling, sprinkling in these teasers. But regardless of the teasers, I think that he needs to care a bit more. He needs to look. Listen to his coaches a bit more. Obviously, I don't know this, but I think he just takes too many shots. He's too centered on himself, you know. I heard this quote, hockey is a team game. Yeah. He doesn't well play said. like that. Yeah, very well said. At 18, I have Keith Yandel of the Florida Panthers. I like him. I do. I like, I like him and Ekblad on the same team. I think they pair well together. None of them are very good. But none of them are very bad. I think he's a little bit above average. I think that's fair to say. He can do it all. And I'm not going to name everything he can do. Because I'm sure you all know by now. Yeah. So I know you had him lower on the list. And this is Ryan Suter. But I like him because he reminds me a bit of Hyman. And I say that a lot. But he has this hunger to win that I can't just look away from. I can't deny it. And I'm drawn to that. Because I just think... In my house league team, we won our first two games, and then we didn't win for about the next 12. One of them we did tie, though. That's good, I guess. So we did, get one, we, we did get one point out of that because, obviously, there's no OT. So we got one point out of that. So I can't say we went that long, 12 games without a point, but I – and just it's so much more when you experience it, when you experience losing that many. And I saw some of my teammates had that hunger to win. One of my really close friends had that hunger to win. And he scored his first goal. And I was, like, so happy for him. And, you know, it was amazing just to watch, just to be on the ice with him. And we mm-hmm. shared an assist on it. So, you know, experiencing it firsthand is different. And... When your team is bad, like Minnesota is, I mean, they're in the 2014 playoffs, but they have not lived up to the hype, at least last year. Maybe they've exceeded expectations this year, but they were way, they were worse than Chicago last year. So they were way below expectations. So I feel like Suter's hard to win is good, and I have him at 17. Yeah, that sounds fair to me. Uh, where are we? 17. At 17, I have Rasmus Dahlin of the Buffalo Sabres. I wanted to put him in the top 15. He isn't there yet. I don't want to promise you, but I almost guarantee he will be in the coming years. First overall pick, got a lot of potential, can play really, really well. I'm trying, struggling to figure out if he plays more offense or defense, but let's just say both for now. Do you agree? Yes. Yeah, so 
we have a friend that's a Sabres fan, you know. I don't have much to say about Deline. He's just a he's got good potential. He's got good offense, good defense, plays the game with skill. He isn't that big, but it doesn't matter. He works around it. And he's so close to my top fifteen. But no. Not yet. Okay, so I'm just gonna give the listeners a bit of history. And Nathan, as soon as I say this, I think you know what's coming. Back in the goalies, I grilled Nathan because of Matt Murray, him being at six. Then in the centers, he grilled me for Ryan O'Reilly being at 25. Then again in left wing, he grilled me for Sebastian Ajo being at 16. So he is now two to one. I'm going to even the score. How is Deline like there? Like, he's in my top five. Like, I'll get more into it next episode just because of time and I'll get into it when I have him. But I can't believe he's that low on your list. I honestly can't. Yeah, I mean, we'll get into conversation next episode because normally what we do is when the person who disagrees stronger. Yes. When when it appears on their rankings, we'll talk about it. So stay tuned for next episode. But, yeah, um, I just feel he's nowhere near his potential yet, and he's going to get there, believe me. But I just don't see him being better than right now, at the moment, than some players I have, than actually all the players I have above him. Yeah, to finish off this episode, I have, I think, it's Ivan Provorov, very underrated. Let's just start with that. Philly, very underrated. And I feel like he fits well on that team, and he defines the team. They're just an underrated team. They quietly had a good season, and so did Provorov. Yeah, funny enough, my last one for this episode, too, is Ivan Provorov at 16. I was debating Shane goes to spare, decided not to. I like Ivan's game. I call him Ivan, by the way. I think that's a pretty cool name. Yeah, very cool name. Yeah, but... I just think he's – there's one thing I like that Philly's done. Well, more than one thing. But one thing I really like that they've done, and that's keeping their core together for a long, long time. Yeah. And that includes Shane Gosis-Bear, Jakob Voracek, Claude Giroux, Sean Couturier, Ivan Provorov. And I'm going to look at their team right now. Uh, the roster. Obviously, Carter Hart's a relatively new addition, but guys like Travis Konechny, James Van Riemsdyk is a pretty recent, pretty recent, but he signed a long-term dealer. You know, Scott Lawton, Michael Raffle. I just feel like, yeah, Travis Sanheim. I just feel like all of those guys have been there for a long, long time. I don't know about you, and I'm not going to get into how long each player has been there, but you, you, when you've been with the team for a while, you become better teammates and you have better chemistry and that can make you better. It's just a fact. At least in my opinion, it's a fact. And yeah, yeah. that's why. And I think I should point out, he barely misses my top 15. And you'll see the player who I have 15. I'm not going to spoil it. Save it for next episode. Leave you guys on a cliffhanger. You're probably going to be wondering why I have him over Provorov. And the reason is, it's just, Provorov, 
Sorry to cut you off, but let, let's draw them in. Let's draw them into next episode. So if it's okay with you, Nathan, if you guys want to know who he has at 15, who we talked about, and why, listen on Sunday. It'll be out. Yeah, the only thing I just don't like yeah, about... Yeah, go ahead. The only thing I don't like about Provorov is just that... I might be wrong. I don't know if it's just me, but I don't think he skates very well. I think he's a step too slow, and that's really important. You know, whether it's house league, triple A, AHL, or NHL, skating is very, very important. Yeah, definitely, because it's on ice. Yeah. I now, mean, uh, yeah. Anyway, go on. Sorry to cut you off. No, no, you go on first. Yeah, I just wanted to say, I just think he's a step too slow. Something he could definitely improve, and then I'd have him in my top 15, 100, 100, 100%. Yeah. Speaking of ice, I think that will almost conclude this episode of Hitting the Ice. If you liked it, you should subscribe because you wouldn't want to miss another upload of the podcast. And if you didn't like it, write a review and tell us why. And you can write a review even if you did like it. Um, want to sign him off? Or any last words? Um, no, I think we're good. Let's hit the locker room.